been violated. It doesn't matter what laws they set. There will always be a monster in the background to take apart what we are all about. Our country is all about what our security is all about. That's an interesting thing to say, ladies, when she says there'll always be a monster. And, you know, I think as a kid, think about when you were a kid, ladies, and you think about, you know, the monster in the room, right? I mean, we all hid under the covers to protect ourselves from the monster. And then the monster kept with us through our life, through our uh, youth, youth years and uh, as adults. And now the monster is the big bad boogeyman up in Washington and at the U.N., huh? It's amazing. We never did get rid of the monster, ladies. You know, think about it, huh? Well, the big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing, or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. Well, one of my colleagues here calls it national insecurity rather than national security, right? Well, that's uh, another way of looking at it, friends. And, uh, well, certainly you all have to admit the game has changed. And a lot of it changed after 9-11, actually. That was really a turning point for this nation as far as our security, how we handle things. And, of course, for many people, this was an invitation for the politicians to gain more control. Well, at least that's what some people think. But again, it's a fine line of security and protecting our rights and privileges and, of course, protecting against terrorism and things of that nature and the bad guys. And where is that fine line? Listen, we got things like the FISA Act, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, we need to talk about today. We got fusion centers we need to talk about today. We need to talk about all types of security as well as social media, what's happening Let's get right to it here. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. Our co-host today on Life, Liberty, Susan Price joins us. She's a patriot, investigative researcher, national voice, veteran advocate for justice, a gold star mother. Missy Crutchfield is here. She's co-founder of Gandhi's B Magazine and of Gandhi Global Center for Peace. And, of course, Jennifer Breeden is here. She's an attorney specializing in international law, criminal law, U.S. foreign policy, and just overall three smart and brilliant, extraordinary co-hosts. And then there's just me, Malcolm Out Loud. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk some national security. So, all right, so we, we've got a few things I want to bring into this. I want to educate folks as far as what these fusion centers are. But let, let's start with, uh, I just want to start with and peel the onion from 9-11. And I, and I, I, I don't, we won't, this whole conversation won't be specifically about 9-11. But, but I want to start there, if you don't mind. And that's a, a starting point because... Many people would say that America lost its really innocence that day. Of course, some people would bring it back to Pearl Harbor and other moments of our history. But really, this happened in a major city in the, in the, um, uh, the, the states here in New York. I mean, and, and it would happen in several states, actually. But, I mean, that was really the prime center was the uh, trade center there, ladies. And, uh, um, and you know, we had several thousand people killed, murdered, uh, actually. And it, and it was a game changer. 
it, it was definitely a game changer. But how much does that fear play into the decisions we make next and what we do next to prevent the next problem? Uh, that, that's something we want to talk about here and really understand when it comes to security. Uh, it seems like uh, you, you, everybody knows, I mean, George W. Bush was the president then. And, and Susan, let's start this conversation here about just 9-11 and George W. Because you have sort of a leg up on W when you speak about a lot of our privacies that have sort of gone away. They've just dissipated, some people would say, overnight. Um, and, you know, we have what's we, we have a, a bill of rights here. We have privacy. We have protection. But when you look at some of these things like FISA, that kind of that that doesn't really hold up. Many people would argue, Susan, to the Constitution. Well, uh, talk to me. Yes. And uh, Malcolm, there's there's kind of a divide in America. There, <laughs> let's say uh, over 50. Yeah, over about this issue, about 9-11, over 50% of Americans do believe that it was a false flag. And in order to solve a, a, a crime, you have to go backwards. You have to see who's involved and family members, et cetera, and a lot of people. And I'm, I'm not saying either way what I believe, but, you know, George W., Bush, his father, who was this man? And we know that he was the head of the CIA at one time, and his father funded Nazi Hitler and the gas for the gas chambers. And then through that, we had Operation Paperclip, which all those people came over and worked within our government. Our government is littered with the children of Operation Paperclip from World War II. That's how deep it goes. So for the average America, it's too mind-bending. They could never conceive of such an idea taking place. But these things are coming out. Uh, the, everything going on now, all these ties with the deep state, these are the deepest, darkest, darkest secrets. There's 38 levels of intelligence, uh, levels that exceed the president top secret security clearance and what did those entail and what kind of information does that involve okay. so to make matters easy we start with george w bush all right let, susan let's start with that but but i i've got to ask you a question that's been on my mind for some time because as a as a columnist as a contributor and a commentator and all the things that you do uh, heavily researched and here at America Out Loud, I, I, I've got to ask you a pressing question that has been on my mind. Sure. In regards to 9-11, do you think it was a false flag or do you think it really happened to this nation? Uh, in my personal opinion, I do believe it was a false flag, which is a true event, of course. But, you know, there's so many ties to, to um, different certain government. Right, let, let me stop yeah. you there now. The so so I, I, yeah. I had to ask you, yeah. thank, uh, thank you for saying what you said. And I, I kind of had a feeling yeah. that you were thinking that way, but let, let's go a little further with that. Okay. Yeah. Let, when you say a false flag, let's explain to our listeners our, uh, what we really, uh, so let me, let me ask you this first. Okay. 
are you saying, some people say when they call it a false flag that it never happened. It, like it never happened, we made it up. That somehow the Twin Towers might still be standing there right. even. All right. Other people, or then they think that the government really bought the buildings down and they did things that were very nefarious to, to do that. And then, so you've got a whole mix of things here. It, describe false flag and what you believe well, the false flag is, please. Right. Well, and I know because I'm very tuned in to things around me. I saw those those buildings implode. Well, the second building implode, I should say. However, um, the false flag, what that means, and I've actually worked on one and prevented one from happening. Well, that's another story. Um, it is an, an, an event, an incident, a tragedy that has taken place. But it's false because it's not in the name or the action that it says it is. It's a cover-up or a guise for something deeper to protect those in the deep state of intelligent level. And then they drive a narrative out mm -hmm. there right. for the masses mm -hmm. to believe. That's a false flight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just simple question before we move on. I, I've got to ask you this as a follow-up. Do you think our government was involved in bringing those buildings down, Susan Price? There are certain people involved in within the highest levels, mm -hmm. yes, and it involves our, it involved gold and, okay. and okay. some other things. All right, all right, yes. all right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, all right, so, and, and I know those are tough questions, and so, uh, but I, I, I had to ask you, because it's been, they've been on my mind for a while as I've watched some of your write-ins, and I'm, I'm just wondering, that, that's all, I'm just wondering. You hear Susan talk about this, and you, we've never discussed this with you, but I'm very, very curious. What do you think about this false flag business in 9-11? Do you, do you buy into any of it or, at all, or what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm listening to Susan, and, and I'm thinking to myself that, and, and we, we've all become great friends, and we all support each other, and it's really beautiful and heartwarming as we come from some far right, some far left, and we still have this great respect, and I'm listening to Susan, and I'm thinking that this may be this this across-the-board unifying um, issue that, hmm. that no matter what side you're on, mm -hmm. I think most people and most Americans believe that that there's too much invasion on our security and our personal lives and mm -hmm. too many facts. What we do know about how we're being invaded on, how they're listening to, can listen to phone conversations, oh, yeah. wire all of this, and, and then the stuff that we, the unknowns must be enormous. And mm -hmm. I think this might be this this convergence of everybody agreeing that whether we disagree on some things, this is potentially interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why the country was so unified after 9-11. In fact, that was the last time I could remember everybody was sort of singing a, a, a same song. So, but, right. but, 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 but let me, let me, I want to ask you the same questions and I want Jennifer to go next. So let's get right to it. Do you believe 9-11 was a false flag? Yeah, I'm list. I I I, I hear Susan, and I've I've got my own absolutely uh, thoughts on this. I don't. I, I think that that there were. I believe. Mm -hmm. I believe that there uh, were some complicit, perhaps at okay. very high levels. Okay. Even if it, 
even and I think the most important thing that we all do and we do here on on this and we mm-hmm. just all need to do is ask questions right. and always ask who benefits. So who stands to benefit by these increased security measures? Who yeah. stands to benefit by all of a sudden you have the biggest disaster in contemporary time that right. will incite so much fear right. that that the general public that it changes will the game, right? Right. Whatever you want to do, go ahead yeah. and we'll support you. Yeah. Interesting, Missy. Interesting. Interesting. I love the way you say, look at who benefits. God bless you yeah. for that statement. That's another way to say follow the money, by the way. Okay. Yes. That, that That's yeah. well said. That's code. That, I like that, uh, Missy. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the unifying message of what you say. That's kind of interesting. All right. So, okay, Miss Breeden, uh, Miss uh, International Jet Setter Attorney, a brilliant mind lady here. So you talk to me now. You hear our other brilliant ladies here, Susan and Missy. What do you say? Are they all wet or is there some truth to what they're saying? Uh, there is. And, um, and I love how Missy put that, that this is the one way politically (laughs) left or right that we can all kind of come to. And, you know, I hate to be just so uh, uh, agreeable, but, um, I know, I know Malcolm show that's more, more fun, but I mean, it is a really important issue. I think, um, I'm just talking about the, you know, the, the privacy and the allegations that the, the complicity, because I think for me, having studied so much of this history, national security laws and things like Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, you see how the entire intelligence poured in about these attacks and right. for me to have seen there absolutely be zero vamping up of anything almost an allowance of something that they knew almost beyond reasonable doubt would mm-hmm. occur um was uh it's mind-boggling uh, unless there's another explanation unless there's an explanation that there were people at high levels i think it depends on the highest levels you know it's interesting when you talk about how there are some of these more dangerous elements at higher levels, and mm-hmm. I know um, I know reports have come out about um, some of the Bushes' uh, ties to certain international organizations right. or groups right. um, that are very well funded. Bush and, and Obama uh, have been accused of that, by the way. What you're oh, speaking yes, about, Obama yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, in the Clinton. Yeah. And oh well, yeah, there you go. Now that now you're talking about now you're talking about a professional mafia. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead yeah, and, and you know it's um, but it's but it's just, it's an international. I mean, right. you know, these international right. ties, and so it, it spans beyond U.S. borders, and so right. that is uh, it's interesting yeah. to see. You know, with FISA. FISA, of course, was create. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it was created in 1977, really in response to Nixon. It was actually created as a way to stop, um, you know, to stop uh, the overreach, such as Nixon's administration did by, you know, tapping right. wiretapping private civilians and trying to find people forget out that of American. And exactly, they forget that that mm-hmm. it's been around for many years. It, the change came, you know. Uh, after 9-11. That's when the change came, when it started being used. Okay, well, we're just going to wiretap on U.S. grounds, but we're going to wiretap. Uh, there'll be this oversight committee, so to speak, yeah. but we're just going to wiretap people with ties to, to foreigners. Because, hey, Jennifer, you know, let, let me cut foreigners. in with you, and I want to talk yeah. to you about something you just brought up, which is really interesting to me. i got to comment on it here, please. When you mention Nixon and you bring President Nixon's name up, you know what comes to my mind, Jennifer, right away? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, having studied Nixon and now all the presidents, all the way forward. And of course, we know Nixon was brilliant foreign policy, brilliant China strategy, Mm -hmm. really a brilliant man in many, many ways, and Pat Nixon as well. And I mean, they were just, yeah. And you talk about the disgrace and the legacy and so on and so forth. And I got to tell you, Jennifer, you know what really rattles my mind? I mean, by golly, today, today's standards, this is like 
this is like what Nixon did would be like, you know, stealing a little piece of bubble gum from the five and dime store. You'd get your little knuckles hit. Don't do that again, little boy, little, 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 little dicky. Don't do that again. And you'd be sent off on your way like, like by today's standards, <laughs> by today's standards, yeah. my God, that wouldn't even it's hit dumb. the news. Right. That would be like, oh, oh, yeah, he was uh, tapping it. Oh, OK, great. Now, what's what's next on the burner, kids, at the six o'clock right. news? And I've read these stories, you know, over and over again, details of what happened. And I'm yeah. like, how? Who cares? You know, and it's sad because somebody like me, you know, I I was born just a few years after the the Nixon thing, so I wasn't around for the crux of it. Right. And to to see that it still comes back to that, it's still you know that's that's the legacy that it's left with. I mean, it just shows how decent. It makes me sick sometimes when I see what they did to that man and yeah. his wife. By the way, not that it was ever perfect, because it wasn't. But let me say to everybody, by today's measurement, friends. He did nothing compared to what these people in power are doing today because since exactly. he left office, I mean, right. we've had a series of crooks and thieves here that have, that pale what he did, Jennifer. So, hey. Well, the thought for any president, it doesn't matter your party lines, the thought today for any president to, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I mean, there were impeachment processes that were probably going to be forced right. out, but I mean, for any president to even consider the word resignation is just unheard of today. Right, I mean, that right, just hasn't right. happened. It's become this unlimited check on power. Right. Well, what's funny yeah, is yeah. he never was impeached. Bill Clinton was impeached, but right, Nixon right. wasn't. Nixon right. resigned in disgrace and left office and said, hey, I, I, you know, he was forced out. And, of course, Clinton, Bill Clinton said, you know, he's not leaving. And he, he just parked his ass there and kept going, man. And so, you know, well, it's, it's interesting. How, okay, go ahead, Susan. And Malcolm, I wanted to mention that there's a claim that mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton was fired from the House Judiciary Committee, mm-hmm. the Watergate investigation by Chief uh, Jerry Ziffman. Mm-hmm. So the, there was the Hillary uh, Rodham Clinton connect, connection going on there as well. well and what is coming out? Yeah, she's had connections since she was born, uh, Susan. I mean, that's not like, yeah. I mean, come Oh, on. I know. I mean, she's, they're, they're connected all the way back to Arkansas and then some. Every, but, but anyways, I don't, I don't want to make this about Hillary. I, I've had it with that conversation, right. believe me. And I know Missy would have a lot to say about that, but I'm not even going to get her going on Hillary uh, <laughs> because she, she thinks Hillary's <laughs> a national saint, I'm sure. I do uh, not. Okay, no. thank God. Uh, there is I'm some, Bernie. I'm a Bernie girl. All right, there's some humanity left here. See, there's some humanity left here. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, so, all right, all right. This is interesting. You're a Bernie girl. That's fascinating. So, um, I wonder what Bernie. Wow, interesting, Bernie. That's that's an extreme viewpoint there, don't you think? That, wait, that's a that's another. I don't know. Well, it that's is, another. Really? All right. All right. All right. Well, I don't all, know. Maybe Larry David grew my love for Bernie Sanders. I think ooh, that's the point of that. He did a hell of a job. <laughs> I love Larry. David. Hell of a job. Hell of a job. Me too. Yeah. I did too. Right, I'll tell you what. We're gonna pause here, and when we come back, Jennifer, Missy, Susan, and Malcolm are gonna take on not only Bernie Sanders, the FISA Act, fusion, nine eleven. In the buildings. We're just getting warmed up here, friends. We'll be right back with you. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
Okay, we are talking national insecurity today on life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. And what a great, great uh, conversation already. And again, we have our co-host Jennifer Breeden is with us, Missy Crutchfield and Susan Price. And, uh, and the commonality that I think everybody has said is we really don't trust our political leaders. Now, why is this important, friends? <laughs> why is it important? Well, I got to tell you, because... We're living in some very interesting times. Unusual, absolutely, but very, very interesting. And I say that, and you're here at the moment, and you maybe don't feel that some days or really understand how interesting it is. But when this era is looked back in history, I'm going to tell you, it's going to stand out in the history books of being one of the most um, strangest times and but where history was rewritten and there's going to be a lot of questions ladies as to how they got away with as much as they got away with and how the deep state got started and where all these programs went and how because you see right now if you look at everything right now you got to remember here now it's like a train coming down the tracks from the distance we're on the verge of amazing artificial intelligence um, phenomenon that is about to happen. We're in the very, very early days. If you've got one of those rumbers that's cleaning your house or one of these things that's talking to you, you have a sex doll that you interact with every week or every weekday, then you know what I'm talking about. I mean, artificial intelligence is sort of getting into all of this. You take that with all of these programs and national programs, ladies, that are now running our day-to-day life that are spying on us, you start to do the math a little bit. Then you look at the deep state and I got to tell you, it's, it's unnerving. I mean, it's, it is really, really unnerving. Now, now, Missy, I, I want to go right to you here next, believe it or not, because I got to tell you, I just put some context to this thing. Now, you take what I said. How unnerving is it to you? With everything I just said, Missy, you, you know, you do the math here. You look at all the, how unnerving is it to you? And how do you feel about all that right now with this national security business and where we're headed as a country and so forth? Well, it's very unnerving, Malcolm, because, um, you know, we were we were talking earlier about the Clintons, Nixon, the mm-hmm. Clintons, the Obamas, the Trump, Bush, all, all of, W. Yeah, Bush, yes, Bush. And, and. You know, I just keep thinking, and, and I believe Obama even commented at some point in his presidency that he wasn't going to be able to do perhaps everything. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and it's been a while uh, because it's almost impossible, or it's very difficult at that level. So, you know, okay, that's way too light. And, but I, I think the the point is, is that when you reach that the top, the pinnacle of such power, we know power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely so i believe it's impossible once you get there you're beholden Mm -hmm. to so many things and processes and systematic the system that you you just inertia and 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 so i I mean we're in we're just in a mess and and Mm -hmm. i think we've got this this opportunity here and i i think that that social media is very scary on one hand for uh, governments around the world, Jennifer probably have a lot to say about this right. because we can all reflect and we've spoken about the Arab Spring and and just the uprising, what's happening in I- I- Iran, I mean, of, of young people, of masses of people that are just the unrest. They're looking at what's happening in these affluent countries, what's happening in the U.S. and U.S. media right. rules. Well, and well so you know, Missy, control that. How everything, do you control- it, 
has infiltrated our system. You're, you're exactly right. And to your point, you look at all these agencies, the FBI and the CIA. You look at all of these NSA agencies across the, the what, yeah. what's going on, the NSA, right. all of these agencies, what's happening in the corrupt uh, the, the, uh, the, the state department, I mean, uh, the, the department of defense, I mean, take a look at all of them right now. And there are scandals everywhere. I, I mean, right. it's, it's a massive mess. You're exactly right. And having said all of that, a lot of these cats who run for political office are uh, right. They're, they're emboldened, but they're also in holding <laughs> to a lot of the yeah. special interest and, and lobbyists and things you point out, Missy. But I want to say something to you that you're probably not going to like. Uh, because the current president, who is not well-liked from many of your political circles on the left, uh, he actually didn't run with lobbyists and stuff. He ran in his own pocket money and smaller right. donations and got the uh, country uh, behind him. He got the electorate behind him. Like he wasn't... What's but that? To drain not. the swamp. But as you <laughs> just said, and when you when you were just talking about uh, Obama, when he got to a point of his presidency and realized, okay, it's not going to happen, and you're exactly right. I wonder when that day happens with Trump or whether he defeats the system. Because what's really empowering the people out there with the pitchforks and, and, and rifles right now are exactly a President Trump who is trying to drain the swamp. Missy, before we move off of this point here, what do you say to that? Because I know his policies don't exactly get you excited, but what do you think about this man who didn't run on lobbyist money and kind of did it a different way so he wasn't in holding to them? What, what, what do you say back to well, that? I, yeah, I, can, I, 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 res, I respect that um, oh, God bless aspect. You. But um, his, okay. his, his mouth and the, the reputation... Know. That that's of, I mean, you only get so many chances before the world goes. What's so great about America anyway? Right. And then you live with that reputation for, I don't know, too long. A lot of people, Missy, believe that this president and a lot of military people. And I'm talking very brilliant people. They study this president, and believe it or not, Missy, and this is hard to fathom sometimes because of the things he says. They believe everything this man has said. And done as outrageous and outlandish sometimes as it appears on circles is strategic in nature coming from this president, Missy Crutchfield. That that was going to be my last and quick comment is that perhaps Mm -hmm. that 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 one other good Mm -hmm. thing besides the idea that that maybe we can drain some of the swamp. I'm I'm not against draining some of the swamp. And we could talk another show maybe about that. Interesting. I love that. Boy, you, you, you have have some really pragmatic views. I don't think you're as far left as you have said sometimes you are. You're really not. I, I, I don't yeah, know that exactly. I subscribe to any one. Uh, mm-hmm. I am always any any one way, and I think most people, if mm-hmm. they really looked deep inside, would feel that way. We all we have issues that spike concern, and then all of a sudden you get become an adult, and you think about, wow, I want to keep my investments. I I don't know what's going to happen to, you know, social security. I don't, you know, you get a, a good friend of mine who used to be on city council here in in tennis in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and she right. said, you know, you've gotten more conservative, Missy. She says you when you start making a little bit and you you have a little nest egg or something, you wow. want to keep it. Wow. <laughs> What's funny about what you're saying right now 
is that, again, what comes to my mind, Missy, is there's this older saying that we're more liberal-minded when we're younger and we're this, and yeah. we get, as we get older, uh, yeah. we get a little more conservative in our values, our thoughts, and our pocketbooks, too, as well, and other things, when we realize the reality of life. Very interesting you say that. I, I have a lot of respect for you uh, when you are, are so forthcoming. And, and I want to say something. Uh, you know, I just put a, a quote, ladies, up on America Out Loud um, here in the last day or so. Very, very interesting. And this was, I was engaged with somebody who's becoming a, um, a new national columnist for the platform, and we were engaged in why he loves America Out Loud, and he was sharing with me some thoughts as to, he, he used the word pragmatic. He said, you know, and this guy has written for, like, I mean, Huffington Post and all these big, big operations, New York Times. And he says, well, you're very pragmatic over the year. He said, I was very impressed with Viewpoint this Sunday and other things you're doing. You, you're very refreshing. And I thought, and I'm listening back to this really intellectual dude who's really brilliant, and I thought, hell yeah! I feel like, you know, I got my pitchfork out of the closet. I said, damn right, we're pragmatic, Missy Crutchfield. <laughs> I, I just wanted to mention a couple layers here of what the average person doesn't know. I don't, I'm very lucky I do know because I, I know several people that were in 9-11 mm-hmm. and work within the government and close to this president. Mm-hmm. Uh, generals brought President Trump in right. and filled him in before he even decided to run to fill him in on everything that's coming out wow. in the next year. Wow. Now, I want to uh, elaborate about something that you all probably I don't know if you know, the United Nations is more tied in with this crime that took place at 9-11 in our national security than more more people know. It's the people that are running the revolving door sections of our our security have worked somehow at, at certain times with the United Nations. And I wanted to mention a power couple that is so layered in between. Most people don't even think mm-hmm. to look at them, but mm-hmm. because of the nature of my son's death, I discovered Who them is it? and followed them through the years. It is four-star General uh, Douglas Edward Lute, L-U-T-E, who is a permanent fixture of NATO, mm-hmm. and he was the war czar for Bush and Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife, especially mm-hmm. his wife, uh, worked with the United Nations for 20 years, uh, and also she was called the Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security, although mm. Janet Napolitano is known, no. This woman, Jane Hall Lute, mm-hmm. is, she was the brain. Then she went on uh, to run cybersecurity, as well as the drone aspects of it, and you know what they have her doing today what? is she's working again with the United Nations uh, as of February 2016, mm-hmm. special coordinator improving United Nations response to se- sexual exploitation and abuse. And mm-hmm. I just want to tell you that the next biggest crime to come out besides uh, the, the human trafficking, mm-hmm. which ever all my stories tie in, uh, is this of child trafficking. This has become right. monumental, right. and it's right. now going to come out and shock You're, you're calling it child trafficking versus government. human trafficking, Susan, right? There's a difference in that? Well, that's another. Oh, yeah. Okay. These are babies and okay. children and young adults, okay. and this is big. 
and okay. the people involved are deep within the government revolving door. It sounds to me like you're not so hot on loot here, are you? Uh, you wouldn't be either, because <laughs> if you think the Clintons are bad, they wear a smile, but they look nice. But these people, well, oh my Hey, goodness. listen, Susan, if you can ham it up for the camera, you're in pretty good shape. All right, I want to take your United, United Nations comment and go over to Jennifer Breeden, because I really want her comment. Jennifer, what's your feelings? You hear Susan, not a big fan of the United Nations, for a whole host of reasons. Again, if you follow her columns and her written words and her uh, theories on things, she really believes they're part of the problem. How do you feel about the UN, and, and what do you think about what she's saying there? Well, I have um, several problems with the UN. Uh, One of them, I mean, a lot of people will just say, well, it just doesn't do anything. In fact, it actually does a whole lot. Um, It it serves as this uh, round table for all nations to come, and it's basically the... It's like the front door for anybody to talk about any humanitarian problems. There have been many issues, and we can get to the issues of Kurdistan later, but the fact that Kurdistan region of Iraq is housing all of the genocide victims, Mm -hmm. but they weren't even allowed a seat at the United Nations table to get any of their funds. I mean, Mm -hmm. their refugee camps have allowed in all kinds of extremists and things like that. So, you know, it it, it doesn't do a lot, but it also does. And um, because of that, it, it almost serves as the platform for the people that are so well interconnected throughout the world to just do these back door deals that I mean it consists of an entire building where there's just backdoor deals going in between not just countries mm-hmm. but um, people powerful international organizations the ones who are allowed the ticket you know the golden ticket into the UN to have these backdoor deals and then you wonder why you know we look at this uh, this recent thing that happened in the United Nations with the with the Jerusalem deal, and I know that can be a whole other show in itself, but I mean, we look at the Jer- Jerusalem um, move where the U.S. said that we we're going to move our embassy to Jerusalem, and so then you had this huge U.N. vote, and beyond getting into the details of that vote, what happened is that a lot of nations that are very pro-Israel um, that have expressed publicly their um, willingness to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, such as Canada and Australia specifically, abstained from that vote. It was basically a vote condemning the United States. States. I mean, in, for all intents and purposes, it was condemning what the United States did in the General Assembly. And all these nations that have been allies of the U.S., allies of Israel, that have publicly expressed support of Jerusalem being the capital there, abstained from this vote. And the U.S. actually wanted to call those people in uh, to a White House meeting, a closed-door White House meeting, to find out exactly what happened um, with those nations that abstained. And, uh, you know, not a lot of news has come out, you know, on on what happened. But it's very likely that some of these backdoor deals that the U.N. were talking about are, hey, uh, if you don't, if you vote no on this bill, or if you don't abstain from this bill, then you know we're going to cut trade ties, or we're going to do this, or hey, right. I'm this international organization, this international person that gives money to this, this, and this in your country, and we're not going to do that anymore. So you know, for for some of these things, I mean, this is how it happens, and then you're looking at these international news yeah. outlets paying such close attention to what happens in the UN when it's really just a couple powerhouse players working with actual countries. I mean, you're talking about an actual <laughs> nation that's able to go there and then 10 people within that nation are chosen to represent all the viewpoints. How is that chosen? There's absolutely no authority over Mm. that. And it is very dangerous how much power the UN could get if that continues to perpetuate that way. Interesting. You know, at some point, Susan, Jennifer, we got to get back to the UN and do a talk in a future show, Susan, about the UN. That would be awesome. The UN Agenda 21, the global plan. We we need to cover that. And we need to get, um, who, who's that movie, the guy, that movie with the bald head guy with the finger that always puts it up to his mouth? I forget the name. You know, the short guy, the mini-me and the big guy. What's that movie called, ladies? Oh yeah! Oh, Doctor Evil, Austin Powers. Yeah, he. We yeah. we need to get yeah. the the little dude, Austin Powers. Awesome. The we need to get him on the show. 
That's like Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil. That's got to be our oh, my our favorite bag. Yeah, it's got to be our metaphor here somehow, Jennifer. But I don't know. That, I don't know why this stuff comes to my mind, but it does, ladies. So, <laughs> all right, Susan, take the article that you have. You have a column up right this moment on America Out Loud right. on fusion centers. Okay, and it's U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, fusion centers, also known as national insecurity. Take take just two minutes for me right now and tell Missy. And Jennifer, what's going on with that? And all of our listeners, uh, why these fusion centers are such a problem, please. Okay, well, the fusion centers are a collaborative effort of two or more agencies that provide resources and expert, uh, expertise and information uh, to centers such as the police and, and, and various groups within our community. They data mine. And they tie it all mining. in. Yeah, data mining. Uh, yeah. yeah, the data mining or data mining. But however, mm-hmm. it has reached uh, a point now where it's become weaponized, militarized, hmm. and very ambiguous. And these lines of authority have been crossed. And not to mention that it does cross the Fourth Amendment, our Fourth Amendment. So, um, you know. What's going on with this is uh, we're being preyed upon even our in our homes with our devices, such mm-hmm. as our televisions right. that are watching us while we're watching them, and the series, and our phones yeah, listening don't, to don't, us. Don't buy so Samsung. These, and, and so when I listed a database um, uh, in everyone's area in your state, but these fusion centers, I've actually had the fusion center one time came up when I was doing some sensitive uh, research, and my screen started to lift, and I saw all kinds of coding going on. Most people would have been afraid, or but I knew right away what it was because, you know, I've, at many instances I've been preyed upon by these groups and followed by various wow. State Department and, wow. and, and Department of Defense, and they all come together to monitor Little old American uh, mm-hmm. woman and man, but why? I mean, why do they want to watch and surveillance us? It's, uh, it's these cameras. They say everything's for our protection, but it's really not. And I know from source because I deal with people out in the trenches that are taking down the bad guys. They'll call me and brief me every week and say, we are in America's in a coup against the five leading National uh, Intelligence Agency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Donald Trump is aware of it because mm-hmm. the good generals went to him. So you know what? I don't care what the man says. Show me what you do because words are cheap. Right, right, Show right, me action. Right. You know, when you it's say the things Susan. that weren't being said by the other presidents, mm-hmm. They got us into this mess. Sure. Now this man's getting us. Well, it's out been of coming in for mess. a lot of years. Yeah. When you say the good general, yeah, decades. It, it, it decades. has. Oh, None yeah. of this stuff has happened overnight. None of this stuff has happened overnight. You know, when you say the good generals, right. I think back to the good witch and the bad witch from the Wizard of Oz. You remember that, yeah. so, Susan? I don't know why my mind does yeah. this stuff, but yeah. uh, right, Missy. Glenda. <laughs> Glenda. 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 <laughs> so it's the good generals and the good witch versus the bad witch of the West and the bad oh, yeah. evil people here man because the military <laughs> industrial compound plus and the right. bankers run our our right. country and why right. because these entities such yeah. as backdoors to the un and others right. who have 
these people are called the revolving door system. Right. And they're part of the elite group. And they're generational. They're born into families, and they have one agenda, and it's to make the world a one well, world order, not for the good, for the, the bad. Right. These are professional mafia is what I'm talking about. These, I call it professional yes. political mafia. That's, what, that's what's running the program now, it seems, everywhere. Military political yeah. mafia. Well, they make, they, they make yeah. the, the old mafia, you know, back to the Godfather and all that, they make them look like, you know, schoolyard children, you know, up in uh, New York or wherever they you know, post people house, you know. I mean, these, these and, people. And well, it's heartbreaking yeah, to yeah. learn this. This is a burden yeah. to do this kind of research and have this not. This is a brain drain. You know, I I was a healer in the holistic field for years before my son died well, and I got pulled into this. But you Well, know, let's do this. We've got to pause here, but I got, I, got a, I got a great idea for you, Susan. I've got a, uh, I know you're writing a book now, but I've got a future book for you, too. Uh, you, the second book you need to write. I know you're writing one right now, but you know what the second book title is you need to write? Susan, it's called, it's, well, you just said it. It was magical. It's called, your second book needs to be called The Brain Drain. <laughs> it's going to be a bestseller, Susan Price, I'm telling one. you. The Brain I'm going to buy it. As okay. soon as you publish it, you I'm going to buy it. Work. You can help me work. I'll do it. The Brain Drain. <laughs> I, I, you know, because that's what's happening here. It is a brain drain. Okay, listen, we're, gonna, we're, yeah. we're not going to drain your brain. We're going to educate your brain and your mind with all kinds of good stuff and information and insight here. We're going to get back to you in just a moment after the pause here with Missy, Susan, and Jennifer. Be right back with you. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Let the silent voices be heard. It's the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.com For a wide spectrum of programming for world and political news, societal and cultural stories, law enforcement, our military heroes, and much more. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Jennifer, let's talk about, bring this to a head. We're talking about, you know, again, fusion centers. We got the FISA Act. We got the lack of privacy and security. It seems like everybody is sort of on the page here, uh, I think. And this is kind of what this show does. It brings together some unique minds and people. So Missy, Susan, Jennifer, and myself, we all sort of are a little suspect right now of the players in power. Uh, and we're not really counting and trusting on these people, friends. So, Jennifer, let's talk about, you mentioned the money. And we, we're just getting over the U.N. You've got the Fusion Center, Pfizer, you've got 9-11, the generals, uh, Trump, um, 
you know, it's the picture we're painting here is is interesting, Jennifer. It's it, it really makes you think. You scratch you scratch your head when you listen to this production and you get off and you're either outraged or alarmed or you want to put your head under the sheets and sleep for a few more hours, yeah? Well, and that's the problem. You know, what happens when the people that are creating the laws and not just the laws in the U.S., but are creating these international platform laws in the interest of, quote, national security or human rights, which those are always the two buzzwords that are used to show uh, when an organization is good. But what happens when these these players that are making the laws are also uh, also have players within them? groups that are um, that are powerful enough to enforce the laws and then are powerful enough to subvert the actions and the acts that happen. Not only that, but allow which media stories come out in order to do that. It's almost like there is a giant drama movie that's created with each different thing that becomes the new international trend, whether it starts at the UN or somewhere else. Of, OK, we, we really want to clamp down on this and we want to allow government overreach in this sector. So we're going to ensure that uh, this group, this group and this group that's a criminal enterprise has access to be able to carry out the most heinous attacks. You know, what happens when you hear some of these stories and then some of these, uh, this, this international kind of mindset, these political power players have more money, more funds, unlimited resources than anyone would know how to combat. There is absolutely no oversight, nothing to do that. And yes, it is true that, you know, there's a part of you that wants to dig your head under the covers and say no, right. but, but we can speak out about it. We have to speak out about it. We have to at least talk about it and acknowledge it. Because it is before we can address the problem. Yeah, exactly. And these things, these are the very things. And it's not just, you know, within our country, obviously, within the United States, Mm -hmm. we have to be concerned about this because these are the very people. Some of these organizations are the very entities um, Mm -hmm. tasked with with enforcing the laws. And that overreach continue to a point where we don't have liberties, despite what you believe politically. They can even do it overseas in other countries um, and and creating the stories that come out from there. And then you really see the attempts to suppress the stories they don't want coming out that aren't part of the narrative. Stories that are huge that I know I've seen personally. I'm sure Missy has and I'm sure Susan knows of. And, and, and so these are big deals. But, I mean, we talk about these things like draining the swamp and wanting to do that. But just uh, just bring in the CIA or the, the Department of State right. alone. You're talking about an institution, and I'm going to be wrong on this number, but, I mean, with well over 50,000 employees in, in one way or another. Sure. I mean, so so you don't just sure. go in and get rid of, you know, 500,000 right. employees and just right. four agencies or organizations. And even within those organizations, it's, it's knowing, you know, which branches, which facets of it. Because I know in the CIA they have clandestine services these are people whose lives are dedicated to going overseas to try to get intelligence and a lot of times they can help other people overseas and then help us by getting some of that intelligence but they're not the ones who deal with the political aspects who deal with the most and, and a lot of times those clandestine people that know most of the things aren't even allowed to talk to political leaders all they can do is just bring the information they're not even allowed to provide analysis so you have the people that don't know anything that are the only ones allowed to deal with certain political leaders so it's not even understanding the webs of where these uh, places of intelligence go and then how are we even supposed to combat that unless we talk about it unless we share our own information and do something about it which we still need to talk about jennifer in a moment but you know you you just you hit it head on with what you just say which is like all right so listen to what she's saying here look when you get this back later the uh, the show after talk radio it's on podcast rewind what jennifer just said and listen to it a second time and when she says, okay, so like, okay, now get a load of this, people. Like, the people we're entrusting our privacy, security, and future with, <laughs> that's what she said. The same people we are entrusting this with are the ones with their hands in the cookie jar. And so far, you know, 
down the yellow brick road, it isn't funny. Missy, what does the deep state mean to you? When you hear the term deep state, and we're not talking about a, a deep uh, a dish, a dish of pizza from Chicago here now. We're talking the deep state, Missy. What does that mean to you? Vegan pizza, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. My plug in. For... <laughs> yeah, I love what Jennifer's saying. I mean, I, I love what everybody's saying. Susan's made some great points. Jennifer's so incredibly articulate about legal aspects and traveled and, and, and really understands the breadth of this. And I think we're all in agreement. Well, hold hold on, hold on, point. hold on, Missy, Missy, hold on. Did I make any great points? You always do. All right. My <laughs> God, I never get any credit for anything oh, here, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. God. <laughs> and, it's a good thing I'm not really, sensitive. Go ahead. You bring, you're, you're Charlie, Malcolm. You've got the angels. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love that show, by the way. With all of this. You're just implied. <laughs> all right. All right, Jennifer. Go ahead, Missy. Sorry. <laughs> It is so deep, the state. It is so deep, the entrenched security and the privacy and the invasion of all of these things. And I think what we're, we're kind of all saying, and let me, let me say it my way, and I've talked about social media and right. we're talking about speaking out. And, you know, during World War II, and I think it was, it was about the, the Holocaust, and they were talking about, uh, uh, Pastor Niemöller said, you know, first they came for the socialists and no one, no one stood up. Uh, then they came for the trade unionists. Then they came for the Jews and no one stood up, no one stood up. Then they came for me and there was no one to stand up or to speak mm-hmm. out for me. And so right now, I feel like we're at this critical moment that we all need to speak out and let whoever is honest and trying to, to work for the, the, the honest and the integrity and the truth hear these voices that, no, don't vote for that. Or we are here, the Horton hears the who. We are here and we stand against these things. We are here, we're speaking out for truth and for real transparency and so you know I I think it's because otherwise if we're not speaking out then these silent laws and these legislators aren't going to think anybody cares they're going to get bullied they're going to get uh, enticed and all of these things that happen through corruption and 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 power moves so I think the most important thing are things to do things like we're doing here with this platform mm-hmm. speaking out mm-hmm. uh, independently without big sponsorship muzzling us and right. threats of oh, if you don't lobbyists I mean, threats yeah more and more threats will happen if we don't mm-hmm. speak out now all of us mm. And, and, and demand truth and transparency and justice. Wow. Wow. Well said, Missy. My golly. What office, what office are you running for again, young lady? <laughs> not, it's too corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. I just, I love hearing you go and wind you up, man. You, it's just, it, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. All of you do. Um, FISA Act. Let's, let's take a couple of minutes and talk about FISA a moment because it's, it's really hot on the burner right now, ladies, okay? Now, FISA, you mentioned earlier, Jennifer, that it really became its deal back, I think you said in 1977. Is that right? Back then? In the- yes, that's when it was created. All right. So, but really, W, George W. Bush got a lot of credit for this FISA business in his administration after 9-11. Um, sort of, a lot of people point to that moment, Jennifer, when things really started to get, because let's explain everybody what FISA is. It's a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, really, friends. And what it means is that, right, so anybody you talk to, supposedly you're not supposed to track and spy and pirate on Americans. That's against our Bill of Rights, against our Constitution, against our freedom. It's against everything, right? It's against morality. Okay, got it. (laughs) So you got that? Now, what happens with FISA is when you're talking to anybody beyond 
the country here. And that's not like we live on an island, friends. I mean, you're, we, I talk to people every day around the globe. I mean, are, are you kidding me? I mean, many times a day. So that's the nature of the world as a whole. We don't live in an island here. So that means that any interactions you do with somebody in another land, wherever that might be, even Canada, it doesn't matter where it is. I mean, anything beyond this, that means your calls are now being taped, recorded, and stored. Right, ladies? That means you're being pirated, your information. And they're not supposed to track Americans, but they really are. And that's where FISA gets real complicated. And now FISA has just gone, through, it's just the House just uh, approved the renewal of it. And now the Senate's got to vote on it. What do you think happens with that? Jennifer, answer me first. Do you think the Senate approves it? Do you think it, it I, I, do you support FISA at all? Where's the fine line on that? I mean, you know, that's that's a really loaded. That's a tough question. Yeah, because, no. you know, I'm thinking of some of the court cases. There have been about six major court cases okay. uh, that were passed in relation to FISA since the 1970s uh, when it first came down. And even a little bit before that, which really perpetuated the passing of the FISA Act. Some of these court cases on, OK, is this unconstitutional? Uh, and in the 1970s, uh, it was ruled that it would be unconstitutional to to wiretap Americans. But that right. started to unravel specifically right. in 1997. There was a big court case, a federal court case that stated that, you know what? No, it is OK, because the president basically what the courts decided is that the president has authority to protect our national security. So right. we go back to those buzzwords on the international uh, level. The buzzword is human rights or humanitarian. They use that word in order to say, well, this is for human rights and humanitarian issues. So we need this overreach in the United States. National security works a lot better. But I mean, constitutionally, that is the power of the executive. That's the president in order. If it's to protect our national security, mm-hmm. you're allowed to. Do well, the word I see they use a lot, Jennifer, is the word terrorist. They throw that around like a frisbee. Oh, yeah. You see frisbee. Yes, it's yeah. all part of that national security. Yeah. Oh, we got to protect you. And, terrorists, yeah. and OK, yeah. that's OK. That's totally fine. And so, you know, that's what these court cases passed. Yeah. And that's how FISA was able to be expanded. In fact, a lot of people will say that uh, Bush started some of the wiretapping after 9-11. Even uh, John Ashcroft himself, you know, I was uh, talking to him. He was one of my adjunct professors in law school and uh, he did become a friend. But I mean, this is a guy who who admits totally openly and honestly that nobody in his department had any idea what this, you know, what what 9-11 uh what to do about 9-11 or how to how to stop it or things like that. But then articles came out, specifically one in Bloomberg, that Bush had started this wiretapping program in 2000 before 9-11. And so you wonder how much communication has gone on by the people who weren't, wow. so to speak, part of the swamp. We know Ashcroft lived in Missouri, was the governor right. there. So he was new to the swamp at the time and uh, really didn't know what was going on. But Bush started these surveillance activities in 2000. And so that's, yeah, it was no U.S. citizens, uh, only, you know, foreign surveillance. Mm-hmm. So you can, uh, right. you can surveil somebody right. that's a foreign national in U.S. soil or things like that or, or somebody with ties. And then it started being unraveled to, okay, if a U.S. Nat, if a U.S. citizen is talking to somebody overseas, it might be things. There's right. supposed to be these probable cause elements or things like that. But now it's just if there's any interest of national security in a lot of the laws now and a lot of these places that don't have overreach or any kind of transparency are going on this thing of if we have any reason to believe that a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. you know, might be talking to somebody that might have some kind of interest in foreign things. And with transnational terrorism always going across borders, no matter what you do, they can make that leap. It's just making larger leaps of, yeah, we're tapping a, a U.S. citizen here. But I mean, that could that could have a, a, an aspect with some country that might have some knowledge of some kind of terrorism. And right. that's how we justify it. Right. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, you know, our last uh, couple of moments here, 
uh, Susan, um, the the FISA Act uh, Jennifer puts out there and talks about. I mean, you obviously don't support this, but you know she kind of fed into your narrative pretty pretty strongly there in her relation to Bush uh, in the conversation before nine eleven, doing that that W did that. That that comment doesn't surprise you at all, does it, Susan? No, it doesn't. I believe that um, that we should have some degree of protection, but on the other hand, our, our rights have been violated. It doesn't matter what laws they set. There will always be a monster in the background to take apart what we are all about. Our country is all about what our security is all about. That's an interesting thing to say, ladies, when she says there'll always be a monster. And, you know, I think as a kid, think about when you were a kid, ladies, and you think about, you know, the monster in the room, right? I mean, we all hid under the covers to protect ourselves from the monster. And then the monster kept with us through our life, through our uh, youth, youth years and uh, as adults. And now the monster is the big bad boogeyman up in Washington and at the U.N., huh? It's amazing. We never did get rid of the monster, ladies. You know, think about it, huh? Uh, listen, I, I think this is a wild conversation and really, really fascinating, but it should give everybody pause to really double check, see where you're at. And as as Missy and, and Jennifer were saying, and certainly Susan, that it's time to have these conversations. It's time to stand up and take note of this information mm-hmm. and decide what we're going to do next. Again, I think somewhere along the line here, some of the stuff has got to come to a head because this this train doesn't keep going down the track this way, I don't think, before it hits something that it's not supposed to hit potentially. Think about that, friends, and, and just, just let this all settle into your mind in the days ahead. And let's talk about a strategy and how we're going to start the next revolution, huh? It's going to be the out loud revolution, ladies, for sure. But um, anyways, thank you for being here, part of life, or liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. Catch us every day, friends. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the first live show. You'll catch it every day, seven days a week. 11 p.m. is the encore, and we have a double encore for all of our European listeners. 9 a.m. GMT. Throughout Europe, you'll catch us there. And thank you again, AmericaOutloud.com. It's all happening back there. We'll see you right there, friends. Susan Price, Missy Crutchfield, Jennifer Breeden. This is Malcolm Out Loud to be continued, friends. Friends.